Welcome to the Essential Astrocast. I'm your host, Veronica Peretti. I'm a yoga teacher, a coach, and most importantly, an astrologer. And that's why I come to you every week here in your podcast feed to let you know what's going on up there in the heavens so that you can dictate your fate down here on earth. Let's get started. Hey guys, welcome back to the Essential Astrocast. I am Veronica and apologies. This is coming to you a little bit late this week and I have no other reason other than the fact that this lunar eclipse in Gemini really is kicking my butt. So you might be feeling the same. I did a quick poll on Instagram and it looked like a lot of you were in my camp and understood how I was feeling. On Monday, I was feeling super charged up, almost manic. And then Tuesday, just completely wiped out. And it sounds like a lot of you had the same experience. So on Monday, we had this full moon lunar eclipse in the sign of Gemini at 4.30 a.m. Eastern time. This particular lunar eclipse is in a square with the planet Neptune. And Neptune rules our dreams, our fantasies, illusions, and delusions. It also is our connection to the subconscious. So when you're in that dream state, your subconscious thoughts come to the surface. So you might be feeling a lot of those subconscious thoughts coming to the surface this week. I warned you last week to pay attention to your dreams. Neptune was going to be a big part of what was going on. And I hope you did. Some people did message me and say, that they were having crazy dreams or dreams that had some potent messages in them. So really pay attention because Gemini is the sign of messages, of communication. So this eclipse is going to bring some messages and it might bring some information that you weren't expecting because eclipses in general do shed light on what is hidden, what we can't see or what we don't want to see. The eclipse in Gemini also has us seeing the duality in things. So there is a saying that truth has three sides, right? I think that's the saying. I'm not sure. But there's your side, there's someone else's side, and then there's the truth, right? And because we are all walking around with our own filter, in the practice of yoga, we call the filter the mayas, the illusions. And these illusions are actually there to help us. Because if we were just thrown into the deep end of actual reality, we wouldn't be able to handle it. That's what the yogis wrote about thousands of years ago. So these illusions of this world, these mayas are there to protect us and help us grow. And as we move through our life and as we move through our karmas and we move closer to our destiny, we peel away one layer of Maya at a time. So in that same way, Gemini is showing us the duality. It's showing us that there's your side, my side, and the truth. And you and I can't necessarily see the truth because we're at least not so clearly because we're looking at it through our own filter, our own illusions, our own programming, if you will. We might be seeing that there are two sides and that they're not completely correct. There's a lot of polarities in our society right now on all levels when it comes to public health, when it comes to politics. So we're getting a masterclass in duality at this moment. 
and it is tough. Trust me. I know I am dealing with friends and family members who uh, don't seem to see the truth that I see, and it's very challenging. Another thing to note is that we are going into a big shift in energy. Well, we're in it. We're in the transition of a shift in energy from earth energy to a lot of air energy. And Gemini is an air sign. And things spread quickly when we're in air energy, right? So ideas and other things, viruses, right? So when we're in the energy of air, things are going to spread quickly. Things are going to take on some speed and it's going to most likely we're going to see these huge spikes continue or this, you know, wave of cases continue to grow through January because in January we're going to have a huge pile up of so many planets in the sign of Aquarius. It will be not to overuse the word, but it might feel unprecedented. Unprecedented, I think, is the most used word of 2020. So anyway, this is giving us a little bit of a taste of that air energy that we're moving into, but it's also wrapping up a long time cycle. So the last time that we had the nodes or the north node in Gemini, was back in 2001-2002. So think about what was going on for you then. And if we think about this from a societal perspective, the North Node moved into Gemini shortly after 9-11 happened, which really shifted how we operated as a society and as a world. It really, in a lot of ways, at least in America, because that's the only perspective I have. It's the only truth I have. It's my filter. It made us pull away from the world in a lot of ways. And Sagittarius rules the world, foreign travel, and Gemini rules our community, our local center. And now we are back at this place with the North Node in Gemini. And we have really been going through the past four years, pulling inward and pulling away from the world. And politically, there's been a huge outpouring of support for nationalism and populism. And we're not only seeing it in America, we're seeing it all over the world. But again, it's that pulling inward, moving away from the world. But hopefully it will be different this time because this time we will have a lot of Aquarian energy, which is an, an energy of working together in community. It rules humanitarian efforts. So hopefully this ride through North Node being in Gemini, pushing us toward our destiny when it comes to how we express ourselves. This is going to be a little bit of a different ride because we're going to have that Aquarian energy, which is really going to encourage us to work together toward the common good for all of us as a worldwide community. So fingers crossed on that one. This eclipse season, it's we only have two eclipses. Sometimes we get three, so we're lucking out. This year is tough. We've had six eclipses this year. Next year, we're only going to have four. So that indicates to me that next year will be a little smoother, but we're going to have a tough beginning of the year because as great as all this Aquarian energy is, it's going to be a huge transition, a huge shift to go from lots of Capricorn energy to a ton of Aquarian energy. 
And so when you have a fast transition and a fast switch, it can be a little bumpy. And so we're going to have some bumps, but we're moving in the right direction. And that's what's most important. This eclipse season, which is this eclipse that we just had, the full moon lunar eclipse in Gemini, and the solar eclipse on the new moon in Sagittarius that's coming up in two weeks. These two eclipses are really paving the way for the great conjunction, which is coming December 21st on the solstice, which is the day that Saturn and Jupiter meet up in the sign of Aquarius. And it's the first time that they will be meeting up in Aquarius for you know, hundreds of years. And it's, it's a conjunction that happens every 20 years when Saturn and Jupiter get together. So we call this the great conjunction and the energy of Jupiter is expansive. The energy of Saturn is restrictive, but the energy of Saturn is it wants to build things and Jupiter really wants to make them even bigger and grander. So this is going to be a really interesting blend of those energies and We've been talking about it and we'll talk about it more deeply in the weeks to come. This is going to be a huge leap forward with the great conjunction toward efforts for greater equality amongst all of us working together toward a common good. We also might see some rebellion. We also might see a lot of innovation when it comes to technology and science. We already see that the vaccine is going to be already probably administered to the first few people in the public around December 21st. There's a few different dates that are being floated. I saw the 15th. I saw the 21st. Don't be surprised if you start to see the 21st for a lot of vaccine news. What's also interesting is the next eclipse, which is that solar eclipse in Sagittarius for the new moon, that's on December 14th. That's the day that the electors vote. So that's when the election, the presidential election here in the U.S. will be official. So back to this Gemini lunar eclipse. This Gemini lunar eclipse is an opportunity for you to release and unlearn all of your tired old beliefs and habits so that you can really show up on December 21st as the person you want to be going forward. You're not going to change everything, but you can prepare, right? So you want to prepare yourself, whatever that means, decluttering your mind, decluttering your closet, clearing out the energetic residue that just isn't yours anymore. And so you can do a lot of clearing rituals right now, whether that's taking salt baths or saging your body. You can use a sustainably harvested sage, or if you just have sage that's not sustainably harvested, you could use it up. Also Palo Santo, whenever I do white sage or regular sage, I'm not sure what it's called, then I close the energy with some Palo Santo or some other incense. So make sure if you do do sage that you close the energy off. So when you sage, you clear the energy, but you open it for any energy to come in. So you want to close the energetic space by using that Palo Santo or some other incense. So you can also use Palo Santo for clearing as well. If you have not done a smudge of your home recently, this is a great time to do it. If you haven't done salt baths recently, this is a great time to do it at least in the Northeast, it's cold. It's always feels good to get into a hot bath this time of year. 
So those are some cleansing rituals you can do. When it comes to eclipses, which an eclipse occurs when it's a new moon or a full moon close to the nodes of fate. And whenever we have an eclipse, we don't really do much manifestation because we are keeping ourselves open to the messages that the cosmos has for us because usually eclipses are illuminating some things that are hidden and we don't have all the information. With that said, eclipses mean that the sun and the moon, they're not operating the way they normally do because they're in the shadow. And that means that we're not having them in their full effect or impact that we normally do. And that's why we don't do manifestation rituals around the eclipse. But as I always say, you dictate your fate. So if you want to do one, go for it. This was a full moon lunar eclipse. So this one is about releasing anyway. But the new moon in Sagittarius coming up is a solar eclipse. So again, I wouldn't really recommend starting anything under eclipse season because you don't have all the information. But if there's something you've been wanting to do for a long time and you're ready to start it, don't let the eclipse season stop you. But if you're like feeling a little manic, like I have been, and you're like, maybe I'll do this, maybe I'll do that. That's a good indication that you need to take a beat, chill out, get quiet, do some meditation, do some journaling, move your body. See if you feel the same in a few hours or after a night's sleep. Because the eclipses can make us a little bit manic. They can make us a little bit all over the place. And I was certainly feeling that way on Monday. So on Monday, we also had Mercury sextile Saturn. So that was actually making it a very productive energy. So if you were able to take some of that energy that you were having, maybe it was restless or nervous, but if you were able to put it into something productive, that was really helpful. I know for me, I'm finding this energy really helpful with tying up lots of loose ends and, um, doing some admin work on the back end, clearing out the old inbox and doing website updates and things like that have been really um, productive for me this week to do that kind of work. Eclipses are cyclical. So you might be noticing that there are some themes that are coming up in your life right now that may have appeared in 2001 2002, maybe even a little bit of 2003. There might be some themes that are coming up that were in your life in 2010, 11, or 12. So in 2001, 2002, we had the North Node in Gemini and the South Node in Sagittarius. In 2010, 11, 12, we had the North Node in Sagittarius and the South Node in Gemini. The nodes of fate, they always work together. The North Node is where we're going. That's our dharma, our destiny. The South Node is our karma. It's what we've already done. It's what we have mastered. It's the lessons we've learned. Sometimes it's our addictions or the things that we're that we crave, that we know it's what's familiar. And if we lack self-awareness, we can get stuck at that South node. So the key is you want to appease the South node, but continue moving toward the North node. So that's all eclipses. That's the nodes of fate. But those that's the duality we're working with right now with Gemini and Sag is the duality we were working with in 2001-2 and 2010-11, and that's why you might be seeing some similar stories show up for you. 
because these nodes are also touching similar planets because the planets in your chart, your birth chart, have not changed. Wherever these nodes are um, impacting your personal chart, they're impacting your personal chart yet again. So pay attention to those themes that might be coming up. So moving on to the ruler of this eclipse, which was Mercury. So Mercury rules Gemini. It also rules Virgo. But Mercury rules Gemini and Mercury moved into Sagittarius on Tuesday. So Mercury was in the sign of Scorpio and he had been there for quite some time since I believe September because of his retrograde. So now we have Mercury moving into Sagittarius, which is bold and blunt and a truth teller. Sometimes when Mercury is in Sagittarius, we all have that foot and mouth syndrome and you might have trouble holding your tongue when you think you're right. (laughs) And we all have trouble all the time, but especially when Mercury is in Sagittarius. So uh, just pay attention to that because you want to really listen. Eclipses are an opportunity to listen, especially when the eclipses are in Gemini and Sagittarius because Gemini and Sagittarius are the talkers of the Zodiac. They are the most chatty, the most communicative. So Gemini is the sign of duality, which means Gemini can rule untruths, whereas Sagittarius rules truth. But again, there are always three truths, your truth, my truth, and the truth, right? So that doesn't mean all Geminis have a problem with lying, and that doesn't mean all Sagittarius are always right or truthful. It means that when we are in this duality, in this energy of Gemini and Sag, the truth is always going to be something we're working with. And right now we're living in a world where the truth is debatable, as you all know. So you want to make sure that you think and breathe before you speak when Mercury is in Sagittarius for the next few weeks. This is a really light week. So The hardest part of this week was really the beginning. The eclipse was really the main thing this week. The other main thing was that Neptune stationed direct in Pisces. And so that happened last weekend. So this eclipse is being squared by Neptune basically at a standstill. And so when any outer planet stations, and I talk about this frequently, so you might remember this, when any outer planet stations, It slows down, pretty much looks like it stops from our vantage point, and then turns direct and gets going in a forward direction again. Now, Neptune is far away. Neptune is a planet of transcendence. It is the ruler of Pisces. It's in its home sign of Pisces for many years. We've been working with Neptune and Pisces for quite some time, and we will for quite a few more years. I don't think that the outer planets impact us on a day-to-day basis that frequently. When they impact us, it's because they are stationing, either to go direct or retrograde. 
And so if you have noticed that you have had some insomnia this week, that you have had trouble sleeping or that you've been so tired you can't stay awake, or your dream world is just super active and vivid, these are all symptoms of a Neptune station. So while they might have something to do with the eclipse, I think they have a lot to do with Neptune stationing and also Neptune squaring the nodes and being so involved in this particular eclipse. I personally find that every time Neptune stations, I have so many dreams and I am not a person that normally wakes up remembering my dreams. So you might be noticing that. I'm also not a person that has trouble sleeping and I've been having trouble sleeping. Some nights I can't even get up in the morning and I've been up before the sunrise two days in a row, which is very rare for me. So you might notice some of those things, but don't worry because they're going to pass as soon as we start to see Neptune picking up pace as he moves forward. Now, the other big thing this week also involves good old Neptune and that's Saturday. Venus is going to try Neptune. Now, Venus is in Scorpio still, And Venus is, as I always say, the planet of love and relationships and money. Venus in a trine with Neptune can be incredibly creative because Venus loves art. She's part of our chart that gives us access to beauty. And so with Venus trine Neptune, you might feel particularly creative. You might also feel really romantic you might also feel like making a wild investment is a really good idea. Now, again, a trine is a harmonious, soft aspect, which basically means that these guys are working together. They're both in water signs. They're both feeling emotionally connected. They're both feeling intuitive. They're both in the flow. They're in water. But it can make us feel like we're wearing rose-colored glasses. So that can be wonderful for your creative endeavors, but it can also make you really gullible when it comes to investments or other people telling you their truth, which might be an untruth. You see what I'm saying? So just be aware with who you're talking to over the weekend. And again, if something comes in that feels like a really good opportunity or an investment and it's going to cost you, you want to just take a breath and take a beat before diving in. All in all, it's a really easy week and it's been a long time since I said that. So I'm really happy to report it. The other thing about the Neptune station that I thought was interesting, because you know, I love to bring the news and politics into our astrology, because if you want to know what's going on with the planets, watch the news. Joe Biden hurt his foot. You may have heard with, he was playing with his dog and he hurt um, his foot. I think he has a hairline fracture and Pisces rules the feet and Neptune stationed in Pisces. It's home sign where it is in rulership. I think it was the day Neptune stationed. It might've been the day before the day after So not surprising that Joe Biden had a little issue with his foot when Neptune was stationing direct in Pisces, the sign of our feet. So pay attention to your feet and pay attention to where you step this week, because Neptune is a big part of what's going on this week. 
Yesterday was Giving Tuesday, and this has nothing to do with astrology, but I just wanted to mention that one of the things that you can do that's really, really helpful for organizations that you believe in is be a monthly donor. So I choose to be a monthly donor for three organizations that are really important to me. One is the ACLU. They are fighting for all of our civil liberties. They're also really important when it comes to uh, what's going on with the immigration crisis. One is the Bell Project, helping people stay out of jail that don't need to be there. And the third is uh, Puppy Kitty NYC, which is a local rescue organization. I support a lot of the local cat rescue organizations here in New York City because you may not know, but there is a lot of feral and stray cats and dumped house cats in New York City. And obviously cats are my number one love above all other things. So if you are interested in donating to any of those causes, I would be so grateful. But if you have a cause that's close to your heart, I really recommend that you become a monthly donor because that is what these organizations bank on. That is their bread and butter, knowing what they're going to get monthly. So something to consider on this uh, day after Giving Tuesday when I'm recording this So let's hop into the moons for the week before I go. We had the lunar eclipse on Monday and the moon in Gemini, obviously, because that's where the lunar eclipse was. So you might have been feeling a little bit chatty on Monday, Tuesday. On Wednesday, we had the moon in Cancer and Thursday, we'll have the moon in Cancer. And that can make us feel like we want to be home. We want to be cozy. Doesn't mean that you're you know, a sad sack. I think cancers get a terrible rap for being super emotional. But the funny thing is, I find that most cancers only show their emotion and vulnerability to you once you've cracked the shell. They're ruled by the crab, right? So Wednesday and Thursday, you might be feeling a little bit sensitive, but you may not want to communicate it. And that's okay. On Friday, the moon's going to move into Leo. And that usually makes for a fun weekend, but I just want to give this disclaimer with all of this shift into air energy, we're going to have planets moving into Aquarius. Things will be picking up with the virus while a moon in Leo is normally a great time to party. This is not a great weekend to go out and party. This is not a great weekend to go have dinner with a bunch of friends. It is really a time to hunker down and take care of one another and look out for our healthcare professionals that are doing the best that they can and they are worn out and we all really need to do our part so that they are not overloaded, which they already are and not to end on a sad, sour note, but I just wanted to mention that because when the moon goes into Leo, we have that desire to go out and have some fun and have some drinks and see some people. And with the Venus trine Neptune, you might think, oh, it's not so bad because Venus trine Neptune makes everything look better than it is. And you might be saying, what's the big deal if we all go to dinner, three different couples from three different households indoors because it's cold outside and have some drinks and hang out. But It's really not the time for that. I'm sorry to say. So that's my little PSA on that. Hope you take it to heart. On Sunday, the moon's going to move into Scorpio. 
And then on Monday, we'll have the last quarter of the moon in Scorpio. And the next week will be that last week of the moon cycle. And that's really a good time to do that releasing work, the decluttering, the letting go. We'll talk more about it next week. But the last week of every moon cycle is the time to turn inward, to get quiet, to meditate, to journal, and to release whatever's not serving you anymore. So that'll be next week. Until then, have a wonderful week. Take good care of yourself. And I will talk to you soon. Thanks for listening. If you like the show, please rate and review it on Apple Podcasts. And tell your friends. Finally, come find me on Instagram at Veronica Peretti. I'll talk to you next week.